welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Jeff Poling. And I'm Colin Schasperger. On tonight's show, we have our featured music, LGBTQ area event calendar, and our monthly roundtable discussion of recent LGBTQ plus news headlines. Joining us for our discussion is our producer, Ryan Shaddy. Ryan, welcome. Hello. I'm sitting in the car getting ready to head to Michigan and then to Canada, so uh, it should be a good night, a fun time. <laughs> are, are, are you are you fleeing the states, Ryan? After the latest uh, news, you know, and everything of what's happening, I I think I'm considering it. Josh isn't in the car yet, which you're, you're going to hear him get in the car and close the door here in a few minutes. So forget that. But uh, we've discussed our car breaking down in the middle of the Canadian wilderness. So <laughs> what happened? It could happen. Yeah, right. And and what can you do? You might have to just look up uh, Justin. Uh, Trudeau, you know. Yeah, we we might just have to uh, get sanctuary at the Canadian Parliament for all we know. <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and jump uh, right into our news discussion for this show, uh, and we're gonna go ahead and start off with our first article, which is from the Washington Post. Uh, the White House on Wednesday sought to per- uh, portray Trump's announcement uh, as a narrow policy matter and not a reflection of the president's personal views towards the transgender community. When asked if this meant, means the president will also reconsider allowing transgender individuals to serve in his administration, Trump's spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders said no, adding that the ban was a decision based on what was best for the military and military cohesion. She denied that the decision was politically motivated. The first time Trump explored a bid for the presidency back in 1999, he presented one of the most liberal policy platforms regarding the LGBT community at the time. Trump proposed not only repealing the ban on gays and lesbians serving openly in the military, he also said that gays and lesbians should be a protected class under the Civil Rights Act. Trump recommended that the same-sex civil unions receive the same benefits and protections as those in traditional marriages. As a businessman operating in areas dominated by liberal politics, New York real estate and as the star of The Apprentice, the entertainment industry, uh, Trump demonstrated a live-and-let-live attitude in his personal interactions with the LGBT people. After completing a 2005 boardroom scene for The Apprentice, Trump even told the show's first openly gay competitor that he saw advantages in hiring gays in his business. And as recently as 2011, Trump told the Des Moines uh, Register that as of this moment, he did not believe same-sex couples in civil unions should receive benefits equal to those of heterosexual marriages. Trump added that his attitude was not fully formed on the issue, even though it once was, uh, an equivocation that echoed similarly hedged statements from politicians in both parties at the time. And those who knew Trump challenged him about this waffling. On a radio segment with Howard Stern in 2013, the shock jock confronted Trump on whether his positions on gay rights were for political gain. Meanwhile, gay conservatives were increasingly looking to Trump as an ally as he became more interested in politics. As a leader in the party, Trump has sent mixed signals. While the nation debated last uh, spring which bathrooms transgender individuals should use, Trump said that visitors to Trump Tower could pick for themselves. And then, hours later, he said that as a policy matter, it is best left for the states to decide. Trump also said that he opposed same-sex marriage, only to say after the election that he's fine with it and considers it an issue that has been settled in the Supreme Court. After the Pulse shooting, Trump strongly denounced violence against the LGBT individuals and promised to protect them from the terrorists more than Hillary Clinton would. Since his inauguration, several LGBT advocates have given Trump plaudits for some of his work, including extending the ban on discriminating on the basis of sexual orientation in the federal government and asserting violence against gays as a reason for banning travelers from six majority Muslim countries. Joseph Murray, a Mississippi lawyer and owner of the Facebook page LGBT Trump, supported the president's stance on the military. Others saw Trump's announcement as a sign 
that his past assurances were not worth counting on. Well, there's certainly been a lot that's happened uh, in the past few days, and this is certainly a rather long and confusing history on (laughs) President Trump's views on the LGBT community, I would say. Well, let's face the reality here, Colin and Jeff. Uh, the, the fact is, is that I, I got to thinking about this a little bit as we, as, uh, as, as my anger kind of settled over some of these issues. This policy, while seems like it's coming from President Trump, isn't. President Trump is a puppet, and he's a puppet to Mike Pence. And we all saw this coming when he, he selected Mike Pence as his VP running mate. And anybody who didn't see it coming was blind to it. So what is going on right now is not all that surprising to me or, I think, anybody who who rationally thought that a Trump presidency was going to be good for LGBT individuals. That's right, Brian. Um, I think think our community as as a whole has seen this coming. We really have. Um, There have been so many conversations and discussions before any of of the latest um you know announcements over the last couple days have even occurred we've i hate to say it but we haven't we been kind of waiting for the you know what to hit the fan yes yeah we have and and a funny thing here is i'm sitting behind a vehicle with a a trump that b on the back of it so uh, that's what it says on the bumper sticker uh, be meaning a, a derogatory name for a female. Um, and, you know, just thinking about what his voters have brought to uh, this situation to begin with, they're, they're uh, vast, not, not all of them, but let's, I don't want to make a broad generalization, but 10 to 20% are violent, and uh, they are the people of his party who hoop and holler and uh, fight at his at his rallies. They're the people who um, tag churches. They're the people who uh, do a lot of these things. And just thinking about what's going on right now, it isn't all that surprising. We were just waiting on it, JP. You were completely right. Yeah, I mean, JP, I have to agree with what you said that, you know, ever since he was elected, well, and he also, you know, like I just read in the article, he said a lot of confusing things. And, he, you know, what he's believed has changed so many times. But when you know, Mike Pence was chosen as his vice president. I really felt like that, you know, really kind of said what he truly believes. And, I, you know, I was just waiting for this to happen or something like this to happen, whether it was a religious freedom bill or, you know, something like this that truly I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting something like this. And I don't think that that uh, anybody was. But so I think that, you know, what we should do right now, I actually have his tweets pulled up. Uh, that he tweeted yesterday, and I'm going to go ahead and read those, you know, because he's he kind of has an argument here, but it's not necessarily one that I think makes any sense at all whatsoever. So I'm going to go ahead and read these. He tweeted these on July 26th, which was, uh, which was yesterday. After a consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised that the United States government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Thank you. So within seconds, there were people scrambling for the um, numbers on what the military spends, right? In um, everything from Viagra to, um, what was the other one I I saw? just the comparison of mm-hmm. a right of Male sexual infertility right it, oh, you know you just got to look at that it, and Cullen has those numbers. yeah i i actually have those numbers i found those so this was a study published last year uh found that transgender costs would be about 2.4 to 8.4 million dollars annually so if we really kind of put this in perspective here like while that might sound like a lot military spending on erectile dysfunction medications such as viagra amount to $84 million a year. The military spends $41.6 million just on Viagra alone, which is roughly five times the amount spent on transgender costs. So what's the issue here? Why, why, um, why is this all of a sudden an issue? It, this came as a surprise 
to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they didn't know that this order was coming down. Now, let, let's be let's be real here. The media has kind of overplayed this, right, Colin? Put your two cents in on that really quick. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, what I want to say is that this was just a tweet. I mean, he hasn't signed an executive order. It's not, you know, no legislation has been proposed. And I think that we kind of get caught up in that, you know, and we can't let him have so much power that he can tweet something and it automatically becomes law. Like, that's not how this works. And and the Pentagon basically spoke up and said that same thing. And exactly. right. Right. Yeah, they did. I mean, I actually have uh, this was today, actually, uh, that this was reported. Uh, General Joseph Dunford, who's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which is the country's highest ranking military officer. He said this in a letter that he sent to military service chiefs. The letter said that policy uh, on who is allowed to serve will not change until the White House sends the Defense Department a rules change and the Secretary of Defense issues new guidelines. The letter says, quote, in the meantime, we will continue to treat all of our personnel with respect. As importantly, given the current fight and the challenges we face, we will all remain focused on accomplishing our assigned missions. Now, at the, on the same token, guys, um, other things that I've read, I've, I've read some, some Facebook posts by LGB members of the military or former members of the military, and um, some of them are, are saying, you know, this, this is a good idea. This is uh, something that, um, that, that's good for the military. Why? Because of military readiness. Uh, they're worried about military readiness uh, in the way that um, in the way that if you're undergoing transition, if you're transitioning rather, uh, you wind up um, you wind up being a detriment because you're just now on hormones or you're just now on T, you know, wherever we are, estrogen or T, um, and uh, your mind's not all there. So they they think that it, it undermines military readiness. Mm-hmm. Which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Um, the if if to me personally, I'm I'm thinking if nothing else, um, you are more on your game because you you are more um, you're you're dealing with issues that that need to be deal dealt with, and you're not you know th- that's just a silly argument to me. It's it you you, you know. Um, you know, there's that saying, what, what kills us doesn't, you know, what, 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 what is it? What doesn't, what doesn't, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. Um, and if there, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> and if there's ever, you know, any time a, a group is, is, is attacked, is repressed, um, they're going to be, become stronger. They're going to become to the point where you know they they're ready for for anything and i and i don't like to generalize but you know anyone that's that's oppressed and anyone that ha- has been victimized um you're you're once you've been you know you've had the hard knocks you're you're ready for to to handle what comes next i'm not saying that i disagree with that jp what i'm saying is that um you know there, there are LGBT folks out there who, who agree, and I, I, and they're not even all that conservative, you know. And some of them aren't even conservative at all. So I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know um, how they view it, uh, but it is out there, and um, it is being reposted quite a bit. Uh, Tommy, uh, what's Tommy's last name? She used to be on Fox News, I think. Tommy, Tommy Lauren or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. She had a she had a post on it, and that's what some of those members of the or former members of the military are reposting. Now, if you listen to it, I listened to about as much of it as I could before having to tune out. Um, she brings up a lot of points that, you know, it, it's probably just mere speculation on what she is saying. She doesn't have a clue what's going on. She's trying to be a shock jock, but she is getting everybody to applaud her and what she has to say. So, um, you know, they, they are giving her an opportunity to speak, and they are trying to uh, understand where she's coming from. 
on this issue, but really she just doesn't have any teeth in the game on this. Well, you know, going back to, like, I'm not a military expert and I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to say any things that, you know, I don't fully understand. But I feel like, regardless of that, it's wrong to completely ban an entire group of people because of one issue that there might be. You know, you, you can't you can't do that. One hundred percent agree, Colin. So we're gonna come Always. we're gonna come right back to this discussion, but first we've gotta go ahead and jump into our first music break uh, of the evening. So Ryan will be right back. Um, fresh off of her latest album, uh, Collection Two, Allie X has released a stripped down acoustic version of the single Paper Love. Paper Love is about self-sacrifice and knowing that someone or something is going to rip you apart like paper, and you're in a vulnerable state, but just doing it anyway, she told Al. I backlogged it in my brain as something I'd like to finish and explore at some point, and then, last summer, I pursued it. With a bold, colorful video to accompany the release, Allie X delivers with the acoustic version of Paper Love. just heard the acoustic version of Paper Love by Allie X. And we're now back to our news discussion uh, of the month. We're here with our producer, Ryan Shaddy. Uh, he's in the car on his way to Canada, but he's still called in to talk to us today about all of the drama that's going on with the government regarding the LGBT community. So we left There's off. Of Ryan, are you there? I'm here. There's, I was just laughing. There's a lot of it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, and it just keeps coming. I mean, it, it really has uh, not stopped. Yeah. But we we were talking okay. uh, before the break about the new transgender military ban. You know, and Ryan, you and I were talking, you know, kind of before the show. And one of the things that I really wanted you to talk about is that this seems to be too much of a coincidence that this would come out at the same time that we're talking about health care reform in the, in the Senate. You know, we're just trying, it's smoke, it's smoke and mirrors, that's what it is. We've got a president who is not getting his policy passed. Um, he is having difficulty on both sides of the aisle getting anything done. So when he says it's the Democrats' fault, no, it's really not. He holds both houses of Congress. Um, on top of that, uh, he's had seven Republicans vote against him on his health care um, bill because it is mean, just like he said. And you can't re- go in and rebuild a health care bill that jets, jettisons $20 million plus off of any insurance. It can't be done. So when you are in the position that he's in currently, it becomes more and more difficult to govern. It becomes more and more difficult to control your message and your tone. So right now, he's looking. We're, we're looking at a desperate president, and that's what's going on. Yeah, I like the example that you that you bring up, Ryan. I particularly have been following the um, uh, Murkowski, um, you know, the the senator um, from the state of Alaska, and who, you know, he was picking a fight with her. Basically, if you're following all this, some of the silliness that he that they want you to follow. And at one point, she says, with all due respect, Mr. Mr. President, according to some of the people at the private White House lunch, I didn't come here to represent the Republican Party. I am representing my constituents and the state of Alaska. Yes, absolutely. And that's what you do. Yeah, that's what there's, you know, that they're supposed to do. That's what they their job is. And that's what they've sworn um, to uphold. This isn't this isn't about the Republican Party, and, and those seven senators who voted against that bill know that. Um, and and even Orrin Hatch today came out against uh, this idea about um, about having transgender folks in the in the military, or about not having them in the military. Right. So he has multiple people in his own party that are against him and this is coming from somebody who you know as colin said at the beginning of the show 20 years ago was a liberal Mm -hmm. well i mean i think you know going back like what we need to remember here is that i don't you know this isn't a coincidence it's not a coincidence that with all of the healthcare stuff going on you know he and as important as you know what he said about the transgender military ban is you know the fact that this comes out at the same time as the healthcare bill followed by what has happened today in the justice department that we'll get to here in a minute the fact that all of this happens it completely distracts everyone from the healthcare reform that's trying to happen and jp you and i were talking <laughs> During the music break, about what else is distracting from? Well, when's the last time that that anyone has mentioned Russia? Funny how that works, huh? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is hugely important, and this is, you know, like I, I don't want us to forget that. But at the same time, I really feel like he did this at this exact time for a reason. So we can go ahead and move on to our second article today. I, I want to finish up really quick on yeah. before we before we move on i'm sorry um as i said this is smoke and mirrors for everything else that is going on he has so much going on he is just trying to rile up his base that's what he's doing he's trying to get those conservative christians on his side and that's what he has but that's not going to help them come election time if the election is a hack once again yeah Absolutely. All right, so we're going to go, I think we should go ahead and close this discussion. Let's jump into the the second thing. This came out uh, today, and this is from the New York Times. The Department of Justice has filed court papers arguing that a major federal civil rights law does not protect employees from discrimination based on sexual orientation, taking a stand against a decision reached under former President Barack Obama. The department's brief was filed on Wednesday in the Second Circuit Appeals Court in the case of Donald Zarda, a skydiving instructor. 
In 2010, Mr. Zarda was fired by his employer, a Long Island-based company called Altitude Express. Before taking a female client on a tandem drive, a tandem dive, sorry, uh, Mr. Zarda told the woman he was gay to uh, assure her of any awkwardness that might arise from the fact that he would be tightly strapped to her during the jump. The woman's husband complained to the company, which subsequently fired Mr. Zarda. He then sued Altitude Express, claiming it had violated Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which bars discrimination in the workplace based on, quote, race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Under Attorney General Jeff Sessions, the Justice Department noted that every Congress since 1974 has declined to add a sexual orientation provision to Title VII, despite what it called, quote, notable changes in societal and cultural attitudes. The brief also claimed that the federal government, as the largest employer in the country, has a, quote, substantial and unique interest in the proper interpretation of Title VII. The sole question here is whether, as a matter of law, Title VII reaches uh, sexual orientation discrimination, the brief said. It does not, uh, as has been settled for decades. Any efforts to amend Title VII's scope should be directed to Congress rather than the courts. Uh, Back in 2015, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission under President Obama issued a different ruling, deciding on a vote of three Democrats to two Republicans that discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation was illegal. That ruling, which was reviewed by the Obama administration's Justice Department, did not formally bind the federal courts, although courts often defer to federal agencies when they interpret laws that come under their jurisdiction. But in its brief, the Trump administration's Justice Department said that the EEOC, which has also filed court papers supporting Mr. Zarda, was, quote, not speaking for the United States. A lower court on Long Island first considered Mr. Zarda's case in 2015 and ruled against him, deciding, despite the EEOC ruling, that sexual orientation was not included in the civil rights law's uh, prohibition against discrimination based on, quote, sex. In April, the Second Circuit in New York upheld that court's decision, even though it noted that there was a, quote, long-standing tension in the Title VII case law. And then do you have the... Hold on one second. I'm sorry. My computer actually just died. Uh, oh. Do we have the rest of the article? We... Well, uh, here, here, but, but we, we can discuss this now. We've only got a couple of minutes before, the, before our next break anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, this, this actually takes a good time to discuss. Um, One of the things that I want to point out is that now sexual orientation and gender identity is not written into the actual uh, Civil Rights Act. It's not there, doesn't exist, never has, and who knows when it will finally exist there. The courts have ruled slowly that that we do um, actually deserve those rights, and we do. Uh, That's not for debate. I don't think anybody should be debating that. That's just not for debate one single one single bit but when you get down into the nitty-gritty of this uh president trump has been reversing everything that the obama administration has done it doesn't make a difference if it's civil rights law if it's energy law um if it's transportation issues everything has been undone by this presidency uh that was probably good for the u.s um so it will take action by Congress to actually amend um, to amend the civil rights legislation and or ratify it by so many um, states uh, that that will finally be written into the civil rights law. So, um, you know, this isn't anything really all that new uh, when it comes down to it because it's never been written in there, just courts saying things together. Right. And, and you know, the Justice Department is is now actively working, you know, to if, if, if they get what they want, they'll perpetuate a status quo in which gay and bisexual people can be fired solely because an employer doesn't approve of the, their sexual orientation. We, we've they we've heard that 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 couldn't happen right quote unquote but we know that that's really that's the that's the next you know step that they're that they're going to to 
to try to take. Anything's on the plate with this administration, JP and Colin. I, I think if you would ask anybody, I think they would even say same-sex marriage is on the plate. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, um, we're go going to go to our next break. Yeah, we are, Ryan. We're, we're going to do the top of the hour, and we'll be right back with you. This is listener-supported WFHB, broadcasting in Bloomington, Bedford, Ellettsville, and Nashville, community radio for South Central Indiana, and online at wfhb.org. Now it's time for the weather. Right now in Bloomington, it is 80, oh, 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Says it's raining, but I don't know if I believe it because I can't see outside. The low for tonight is 70 degrees. Tomorrow on Friday, the high will be 81 with a low of 59 tomorrow night. This weekend, the high will be around 81 degrees and lows in 50s overnight. Looks like a pretty sunny, nice weekend. Now back to Blooming Out. Okay, and uh, we'll return to our news discussion in just a moment. But first, JP, it is time for our second music break. Thanks, Colin. Following the release of her impressive debut album, Everybody Works, released this spring, queer indie rocker Jay Som shared a bedroom pop cover of the Beatles' psychedelic 1967 classic Strawberry Fields Forever. Her lo-fi version is a simple update on the original. Much like her breakup, breakout LP, Jay Som revels in introspective vocal delivery and intimate production, a genuine approach that would have sat well with the Beatles. So here is Strawberry Fields. Forever. Let me take you down Cause just heard a cover of Strawberry Fields Forever by Jason. Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from The Back Door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar. More information is on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Corylands Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at coryland.org. Now back to our monthly roundtable discussion of LGBT news headlines here on Blooming Out. All right, and we are back from that break, uh, and we're here with our producer, Ryan, who's actually in the car on his way to Canada. Ryan, are you with us still? I am still with you. All right, and we were actually just finishing up our discussion uh, about the Department of Justice, which just filed court papers uh, arguing that a major federal civil rights law does not protect employees from discrimination based on sexual orientation. 
Did anybody Correct. else have anything to I, say before we were done? Earlier, this is just this is just one hit after another, and and it, it, it's one of those it's one of those field days for the Trump administration. They're just having a heyday with us. Right, and and you know, released just today, most recently, um, the uh, the director of news and and rapid response. Um, from GLAAD, right, the world's largest LGBTQ media advocacy organization, today released the following audio of Tony Perkins, right? We all know him, the president of anti-LGBTQ hate group Family Research Council, claiming that the Trump administration is set to reveal additional executive orders next week that could allow people to use religious exemptions as an excuse to openly use a violent and discriminatory agenda against LGBTQ Americans. That was just no, released I'm not, today. I'm not surprised by that either, JP. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, did you see the article today where they're going to hire Sam Brown back as the outreach director for religious initiatives for the White House? No, I did not see that. All of you, most of you should be well aware of who Sam Brown back is. He's the failed governor of Kansas. And quite frankly, he failed. Um, he's got that. He put that state into disarray in terms of budget, uh, budgetary policy, and so forth and so on. You think Illinois is bad? Kansas is going to be just bad here soon enough. Um, but but the fact is that uh, we've got a modern day theocracy being built right in front of our right in front of our eyes. And if you thought that the only place that this could happen was was over in the Middle East, you were wrong. It's being built right in front of our eyes today. It's happening. Um, there's nothing that's going to stand up and stop it, or at least it doesn't seem to be anytime soon. And there's nothing that can stop it once it starts because it's going to be, it's just going to be done um, pretty quickly. It, it, that's what it's, that's exactly what is happening. Well, you know, and going back to what I said earlier when we were talking about the transgender military ban, you know, this is too much of a coincidence to me that, you know, Trump would tweet all of those things yesterday, and then today, the Justice Department, you know, files that statement. You know, and then, you know, JP, you just read that next week there might be some executive orders, you know, that would give religious exemptions. I just, it, it doesn't make sense that you would do all of this at once. Like, if you were planning to do something like this, you know, to keep your you know, your popularity up, I feel like you would space this out over a little bit, not just, like, destroy everything at once. And I I really think that this is just President Trump trying to distract everybody from the healthcare failure and trying to distract everybody from Russia, and so he decided to take the LGBT community, which he knew there would be so much backlash about that, and just destroy everything at once to get everyone distracted. Well, but that's a quick way to impeachment, too. I mean, listen, the last group that you want to pick off is the LGBT community. I know too many, I know too many uh, very militant lesbians that, that will go eight, you know, what on this. So <laughs> it is seriously the last group you want to pick off. And I don't know why it has become such a focus of this administration all of a sudden. Um, it wasn't really all of a sudden. Five out of the seven months that he has been president, uh, there has been some kind of rollback of LGBT uh, rights. But, you know, to have multiple and multiple weeks in within the same month or within a month is just astounding to me. So, yes, Colin, you, you are right. He's trying to find something that is, is trying to get him off of, of health care, is trying to get him off of um, uh, Russia. But uh, he, he's picked the wrong group. I'm, I'm letting you know that right now. He has picked the wrong group. Oh, I absolutely agree that he, you know, completely picked the wrong group. You know, it, it's just, it's that as horrible as all of the things that he is doing, you know, as horrible as they are, you know, and I'm not trying to take away from that, you know, it's just this is all too coincidental for him to just be like, well, you know, this was on the list to do next. Like, we're just going to check that off. It's like this was deliberately planned to attract attention away from everything else that's going on. I think it's gross. I think it's disgusting. You know, it's and yet to me, it is visibly transparent. 
and Mike Pence is just sitting in the background smiling the entire time. Yes. We hate him, too. <laughs> so we can just add him to the, to the list. He was, already, he was already number one, but yes, let's mention him real fast. But okay, did we again, wanna... I don't. I don't think that. I really don't think that this is is Trump coming up with these ideas off off the top of his head. I think he is being controlled by some sort of puppet master, right. and whomever that puppet master happens to be is in cahoots with with Pence. And these are things that that Mike Pence wants done, as things that you would see from a president Pence if that were to ever happen. Yep, it's it's a to do list for the regime in my opinion. Well, we've got a third article here, um, and this is from LGBTQ Nation. A Texas version of a North Carolina-style bathroom bill targeting transgender people passed the state Senate on Tuesday over opposition from police and major corporations, but it still faces an uncertain path to becoming law. This is the second time this year that Texas has lurched towards putting restrictions on which bathrooms transgender people can use, but the same deep GOP divisions that sank the first try remain. Now at stake for Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who faces re-election in 2018 and has gone against the tide of GOP governors who have shied away uh, following the lead of North Carolina, uh, it's whether his uh, party will deliver after ordering them to finish the job in a special legislative session that ends in August. Big business and police, two usually important groups to Texas Republicans, have urged Abbott to drop it. Just as the bill came to the floor inside the Senate, police chiefs and commanders from Texas's largest cities stood outside on the Capitol steps and railed against the effort as a waste of time. Nearly nine hours later, the bill tentatively passed 21 to 10 after Democrats dragged out the vote. It's about privacy and protection, Republican State Senator Lois Kolkhorst said. She said her bill would stop a man from, quote, saying today I feel like a female and I have the right to go into these intimate spaces. All right, stop right there, Colin. Will do. Listen to how ridiculous these people are. They honestly think that somebody is going to walk into a bathroom. Oh, today I'm a man. Oh, tomorrow I'm a woman. Oh, blah, 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 blah. This does not happen in real life. And if it does, the person that does it is sick. They're not, they're not transgender. They're actually sick. So it's, it is, you know, and you think about what is, what is going on. These people are worried because... Somebody who might have a different appendage than them is sitting in the toilet next to them. That's it. They're worried about that. So you're telling me that when we have uh, gender-neutral restrooms, and, and there are quite a few gender-neutral restrooms, that um, and, and, and there are multiple-use gender rest, gender-neutral restrooms, that people go in there and they feel uncomfortable. Well, this isn't true either. I have been in multiple gender-neutral uh, uh, multiple stall restrooms, and nobody is uncomfortable in there. This is this is just an attack, another silly attack on transgender rights. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just think that this is more transphobia, in my opinion. You you know, Ryan. Um, last week we had uh, JJ Gafrida on the show, who's been on a couple times, and uh, just a um, a, a very uh, strong um, uh, trans advocate and uh, JJ had mentioned uh, when um, she was talking about the bathroom bill and and the uh, the song that that she came up with about when you got to go you know you got to go and everything and 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 she said well yeah there she she actually did have two incidences in um, a bathroom once and they were women had left their jewelry, their rings or their earrings or whatever on the wash basin and twice she had to run after them and <laughs> to give them to give them back and she said and that truly that happened twice believe it or not and and that was it as far as her uh bathroom incidents and no one has ever said anything to her she has never had any difficulty 
so don't you think that people, some people are out there just kind of fear-mongering and making things like this up? Well, yeah, you have, you have Texas, which is the cesspool of bad ideas that, is, is, you know, they, they do this crap all the time because it's, it's Texas. They can do whatever the heck they want. And I feel sorry for those who live in the large cities of Texas who weren't like this. Uh, but you've got a vast land right there. It's, it's humongous. It's a humongous swath of land. And you've got a lot of ignorant people who live there um, that don't understand the outside world, that are closed-minded, that just don't have the capability of expanding their minds uh, in any certain fashion in order to allow this to, 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 to just pass, because that's what needs to happen. This just needs to pass. Um, not the bill, but this whole transgender issue in the restroom. Um, we need to move on from it, and as long as Texas keeps doing this, you're, you're probably going to wind up with some more Republican governors who hop on because they can see Texas doing it. And Greg Abbott, I mean, he's all for gun rights, he's all for anti-LGBT legislation, anything that he can do to rile, rile his rural, rural, that was too many R's right there, sorry guys, um, to, to rile his rural base, uh, he's going to do it. And that's the same with Trump supporters as well. They, anything that they can do uh, to, to rile that base is, is going to help them in the long run. Sure, Ryan. And, and you bring up a, a good point about the, um, the Republicans, the GOP, um, it, it becoming so extreme that um, they are seeing mo- whatever term you want to use, moderately conservative, whatever, you know, um, individuals actually going against this president and going against the, you know, Congress. And, and it's, it, you're, you're seeing it. It's, it's becoming that extreme that it's actually, it's breaking, I, I want to say it's breaking them apart, which it is. And, you know, that's one of the only good things I can say about that. Yeah, and I, I, I like pointing this out a little bit. I will never vote for a Republican again as long as the Republican Party remains in this current in this current form. And yes, I have voted Republican in, in the past, not straight ticket by any means. The vast majority of those votes were Democrats, um, but they were moderate Republicans. Richard Lugar, back in my first election, which is which was almost 15 years ago, that was a, that was a good vote then. Not a good vote today. Um, but you know, my dad, on the other hand. Uh, never, he was straight middle of the road. This is what his Twitter handle says, and I, I laugh at it. Middle aged, middle of the road, uh, all my life, never will vote Republican again. <laughs> so, nice. you know, they are angering people who would otherwise vote for them. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just, it's not just on social issues. It, it, it is about economic welfare it's, it's about social justice it's about it's about everything right. they are on the wrong side of history on on 99.8 percent of the things that they're doing yep yep absolutely ryan i could not agree with you more well um ryan this has been a really great news discussion that we have had uh today but unfortunately we've got to go on to our final music break so before we go ryan thank you so much uh, for calling in and talking to us about the news. We know you're on your way to Canada, so thank yeah. you, and good luck on the drive up. Yep. Say hi to Not Justin Trudeau for us, okay? Not a problem. We'll be on the south side of Lake Superior tomorrow and then Canada for the following three days, so uh, it'll be a fun time. You guys have fun. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Okay. All right, and it is time for our final music break of the evening. The British indie band Block Party's frontman, Keely Okariki, just released a new track that's a perfect melancholy jam for long sunset walks. On Streets Been Talking, the artist ditches the vibrant electronic beats of his previous albums in favor of souring drums and horns and lilting lyrics about a, quote, bittersweet ode to romance and the passing of time. The surprise single comes alongside the announcement of Okariki's third solo release, Fatherland, which drops on October the 6th and features vocals from Years and Years' Ollie Alexander and Corinne Bailey Ray. 
the gay indie rocker's latest release will also be the first under his full name, which he started using with May's release of the single Yamaya, and will focus on his newfound fatherhood. I'm fully conscious that this, re- that, that this record is probably going to serve as a document for Savannah over the relationship between her fathers and who we were before she came into our lives, he explained, of uh, his and his partner's first child. It feels important for her to see that we don't have all the answers, but we're trying. Um, with Streets Been Talking, here is Keely Okariki. <laughs> From the palace of Versailles to the streets of Peckham Rye You crave the dizziest of heights, but we're caught out at the lights The streets been talking By now you should have known that all that glitters is not gold And there are times we must say no, our fathers warned us so The streets been talking Keely Okariki's Streets Been Talking. To finish out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. HIV testing will continue to be provided by Positive Link throughout the summer uh, on the first and third Thursday of each month at the LGBTQ plus Culture Center. This free, confidential 20-minute testing can be scheduled by contacting the LGBTQ plus Culture Center. An IU staff member has formed a meetup group open to LGBT, er, Bloomington area LGBTQ plus adults of all ages. If you're in town and you'd like to join like-minded folks for fun social activities, learn more by visiting www.meetup.com slash Bloomington dash LGBTQ dash social dash meetup. 
Next Thursday, August the 3rd, the back door will host the Vicki Lane Celebration of Life Benefit. As the beloved show director of the late local bar Uncle Elizabeth's, Vicki Lane nurtured so many entertainers like Argenta Perron, Pat Yoweave, Mocha Debute, Courtney Anderson, Marissa Nicole, and so many more by building a strong community of support and love. She was a fighter in so many aspects of her life, including her fight with cancer. She stands as an advocate for Positive Link and Change for Change, amongst many other organizations. Let us remember the strong woman she was and will always be. Let's not mourn in the loss of a dear friend, but rejoice instead the gladiator that is Vicki Lane. Starting at 8 p.m., the celebration will feature performances by Mocha Debute, Envy Debute, Bendova Plenty, Justin Teague, Coley D, and more to be announced. On Saturday, August 12th, from 7 to 10 p.m., the Ground Floor and Prism are joining forces to make this year's Know Your Glow Party better than ever. Youth ages 12 to 20 are invited to join us for this free night, complete with food, a dance party, various activities, and lots of fun. Hope to see you there. The Know Your Glow Party will be held at the Monroe County Public Library. The foundation and future of pride is resistance. That was as true on June 28, 1969, as it is today. There are a lot of ways to resist, but a few things be the art of speaking truth to power. On uh, August 25th at 7 p.m., we're kicking off Bloomington's annual celebration of LGBTQ community and culture with the inaugural Pride Slam competition, the queerest poetry slam in town. This event will take place at Rhino's Youth Club. Pride Slam is free and open to the public. If possible, attendees are encouraged to donate $5 to benefit Rhino's Youth Center. These funds support their free after-school arts programming for teenagers, many of whom identify as members of LGBTQIA communities and are allies in downtown Bloomington Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. year-round. Uh, if you have any questions, email alex at alex at bloomingtonpride.org. And if you want to uh, compete, apply at uh, bloomingtonpride.org slash prideslam. Bloomington Pride Fest will be a long a day celebration on Kirkwood Avenue, and that's on Saturday, August the 26th. Note the new name, as this was the previous Bloomington Pride Summerfest. More information can be found on Facebook. RuPaul's Drag Race Sasha Valore is coming to Bloomington. On Friday, September the 1st from 9 p.m. 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., Sasha will be at the back door. More information can be found on Facebook. The Interpride World Conference is coming to Indianapolis this October. The annual general meeting and world conference acts as a source of education and a stepping stone to elevating community interaction for Pride events worldwide, as well as a great ne networking opportunity and platform for communication among Pride organizations. Indianapolis will welcome a diverse audience from all over the world October 5th through the 8th, 2017. To learn more about the event or to purchase tickets, visit www.indiepride.org slash interpride. For more information about Interpride, visit www.interpride.org. Dr. Jay Puckett, a researcher at the University of South Dakota, is conducting a research study on transgender individuals' experiences of stigma. If you are transgender and ages 16 and up, visit the Blooming Out Facebook page or our Twitter handle for more information on the study. If you'd like to add your event to our event calendar, email us at bloomingout at wfhb.org. That's all the time we have for this evening. We'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you're interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at Blooming Out WFHB, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. Tonight, we welcome Wes Martin as our new executive producer, and we're looking forward to his tenure at WFHB. The producer of our show is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and music director is Grace Thumser. The news director is Olivia Davidson. Our board engineer is Jesse Grubb, and the assistant board engineer and social media coordinator is Josephine Douglas. 
Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out, Colin Shashberger and Ryan Shabby, I'm Jeff Poling. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus radio program, airs every Thursday evening here on WFHB at 5.30 p.m. You can also stream us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on WFHB.org or BloomingOut.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again next week to Blooming Out.